Uh, Mr. Brightside just continues to further his career. So I was thinking through this six, six group one wins as well as an all-star mile, which skews his, his prize money tally. He's now approaching $12.5 million. So a six-year-old in the prime of his racing days, he's won more than half of his starts and he added to his group one tally with a just easy as you like. You don't win group one races much more easy than he won the futurity. Buffalo River as they reach the 250 starting to paddle Mr Brightside is eating up the ground now and Mr Brightside goes to Buffalo River Pericles a length and a half off Mr Brightside but it's Mr Brightside clear and he's going to rack up another one Mr Brightside one from Pericles Buffalo River Dom to shoot he's always drawn comparisons with better loosen up who was the first horse that I ever loved and uh the, his consistency and if you think about it, it starts at the 2022 Doncaster and goes Doncaster, All-Star Mile, Doncaster, Memsey, Maccabi Diva, or Futurity. It's quite the record that he is amassing. Well, he's actually starting to get a record like a Northerly or a Sunline or one of the absolute greats of winning those time-honoured races. And unfortunately, in our game this day, because it's so hard and competitive, very few horses go through a spring and an autumn. And now in the last 12 months, he's won five Group 1s and an all-star mile. I'll repeat, last 12 months, he's won five group ones and an all-star mile. That's horse of the year three times over in my eyes. I didn't, well, there's only one horse that can beat him in horse of the year, I would have thought, and that's the uh, Imperatrice. She's probably going to win the New Market and the TJ and go to Perth and win the uh, the Quokka and uh, that'll do her. So he's run second in the King Charles to Fangirl, second beating an eyelash in the Cox Plate when it looked like he'd won, and then second in the Cantala as well. So his, th- this is the... This is the gelding, the the war horse that's been missing from our racing well for done. a long time. This is the era of Superimpose and Better Loosen Up and Vaux Rogue where they were there season after season after season. And then Northerly was that. And this is, it just feels like these are the ranks that we miss too often. Yeah, when you when you look at the what he ran second to, I mean, you know, he's, he's run second to Fangirl. She's, she is the pin-up horse of Sydney Racing. I mean, we all can't wait to see how she goes at the next start because her win the other day was ridiculous. I mean, you can't describe it any better than ridiculous. So your form's stacking up everywhere. And then, as we know, poor old Hayes has yelled and screamed and cheered when they thought they'd won a Cox Plate. So he's all but a Cox Plate winner, this horse. So, I mean, that's what Animo did at three, you know, nearly won at three, won at four. So, yet again, the Cox Plate form is stacking up, but... I just think it's great because we need these horses. These are the horses that make you want to have a bet, buy a horse, go to the races, flick it over and watch the TV. This is what puts bums on seats, full stop. We can have all the gimmicks we want, but this is the real deal stuff. And I I was a bit oblivious to the price. It was a $1.35 favourite. And first up, he got back a bit. They ran so hard. And then Craig at the 600 was, come on, mate, just a little bit quicker without pushing him too hard, saving something for the end. Sitting at home, I was in race two and four, and I bolted home as quick as I could, doing the speed limit, of course, <laughs> um, to get home to watch the, uh, be like most people, go home and watch it on the couch on a Saturday afternoon and have a couple of beers. Craig behind the barriers. Now, they showed the overhead shot as well as the side-on shot, and he was doing figure eights with the horse. So in theory, he's like, come on, mate, let's go, because obviously he wanted him to jump out quicker and faster and cleaner than what he did the other day to hold a more forward position, and that's exactly how uh, that's exactly how it, uh, how it unfolded. And 
you say you only beaten Buffalo River and Pericles and they're not group one, group one horses, but the bottom line is you can only beat what's there to be beaten. Does anyone know what ran second to Usain Bolt's wins? No, we don't care, Jared. We only care about the win. Yeah, group one's a, a group one. So he, at the All-Star Mile, looks at his mercy, presuming Fangirl doesn't come, and then maybe the Australian Cup to to finish off the suite of wait for age races? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's a, you know what, this this is when you put your trainer's hat yep. on. Owners say, yes, let's do it. But from a trainer's point of view, you actually look at it and you go, do I want to go one too many? Do I really want to run him again? Do I just only run him in the all-star mile and go, you know what, you've had, you've had three gut busters. And let me tell you, they're gut busters. They are not, you know, you're not playing, uh, it's not, it's not Collingwood playing West Coast. It's, um, at uh, Victoria Park and uh, winning by 37 goals and resting all your best players in the last quarter. If you look at the sectional times that they're running, you are running Usaid Bolt times through and through. It takes it out of you. There's no doubt about that. So, I don't know. I mean, I, w- I personally would like him to run the All-Star Mile, then, then go the paddock and have a good spell and then get him back for the spring because we want him again and again and again. And the one good thing that... In modern times, if you look at the Wallers and the Moody's with all their great horses and all the, the great trainers, they don't overdo it. Trevor McKee never went one more. Fred Kersley hummed an art about a Caulfield Cup one year, I think. You know what I mean? But you, you stick to your plan and don't deviate. And that's what I have to take my hat off to those trainers who have trained those great horses. And the Hayes boys have done nothing wrong, but don't go one too many. So he's, he had six runs in the spring, so that's the full allotment. He's had two here. So yeah, yeah. if you run one more in All-Star Mile, that's nine races. Now, that now that's not a lot over a 12-month period. But when you're running at that level and you have to chase down at that level, he's not very rogue, jumping, going out in front, just rolling along. He's, he's doing all the bullying work to uh, drag himself home and past all the other horses in front of him. They are gut busters. Let me tell you, he would know he had a run on Saturday and it looked easier on Saturday. But for the record, watching Racing.com, Craig Williams said it was a better win on Saturday than what it was to start before. Yeah. Now, if I looked at it, I, I reckon first up was better because, gee whiz, he was never he was never just going to win. Whereas on Saturday, he looked like he always uh, had him covered. I wonder how he graduates to the champion level now. Well, he's there. Here's Six the, group I mean, ones, you can't, twelve and a half million. We love would the if word he'd won champion. The Cox Plate. Yeah, but isn't he? Come on, I you you're like, saying no? Yeah, so two Doncasters and one with the big weight. Uh, the All Star. I'm not a big rap on the All Star Mile and where it fits, but if you ping off a couple of those in its formative years, it's it, it's interesting. I think is we should jealously guard the realm of champion, and you have so to where does the line in. start? Yeah, so I think he would be if he'd won the Cox Plate. Right. So do they aim for that again? What, what, what would an Australian Cup do no, um, no, on those records of Australian Cup and Cox Plate? Road. There's no, no. no. If, you know what? Thirty years ago, with those great horses you mentioned off the top, yes, because they were Cox Plate equivalents, the superimposers and those sort of horses. Because pretty much nearly all those horses won a Cox Plate, didn't they? And is the Cox Plate the benchmark? Well, it probably has to be, yeah, doesn't it? I think so. I think so. The the other two group ones. So I had Clinton McDonald on a bit earlier, and I just love the story that so grandfather Bond trains Manicato to it's win amazing. the race. Father Ross trains Courts to win the race. I'm they both win the slipper, and all Clinton's thinking about is I'm going to go. I'm not only doing the diamond, I'm doing the slipper as well. We can all we all love the dream, and you know what? It's a it's a great it's a great great story. There's no doubt about that. I mean, 
the filly has talk about she's not champion status. She's got a hell of a long way to go. But I mean, talk about an underrated horse at fifteen to one, and I think it was only Clint Hutchinson that tipped her. No one else wanted her. She's won the first lead up in the Blue Diamond Preview. She's won the second lead up in the Blue Diamond Prelude, and then she comes out and wins the Blue Diamond. Yeah, I mean that th- those sorts of feats are probably over uh, overlooked a lot. That is an amazing performance because very few horses today win three in a row, let alone the actual three lead-up races. So it was a hell of a performance. And Jamie Carmen and I stood next to you Cup Week and uh, we, we watched her do what she did Cup Week and she's had a terrible 12 months. Things things have not gone right for her at all. And you, you do see a lot 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 when you sit home on TV, I, I, you know, because normally you're there, so you're not yep. seeing it and listening to it, watching a quick replay. And Jamie was so excited, as, as she should be. Because sometimes, as I said to you last week on the program, but Imperatrice, winning the race, it was a relief. No, no, it should be a thrill to win a Group 1, not, not a, not a re- relief. So Jamie was a th- probably a relief for, I've, got, I've nailed a big one, but it was also such a, such a thrill to win a Blue Diamond. Hell of an effort. And first, second, third, fourth, seventh were all fillies in that race. Right. So the Phillies absolutely dominate. So just look at the first four. The first four over the line were all Phillies, and they get they get a couple of con- uh, kilo concession against the boys. Right. Now, should that be the case? You've won the lead up, the big lead up, and then you've won the big one, and, and the poor old boys have got to get two kilos less. Now, they get the concession. So in theory, they're teeing off 30 yards up the road. They're, they're, they're starting, you know, 10 metres forward. Whereas, I mean, Jamie Carr, she starts level pegging with the boys. We've spoken about this before. She has no concession being a female against the males because there's nothing that we can actually do. But the horse she rode gets a two-kilo concession just because of, because of the uh, of what sex she is. So that's a massive debate. Should, should and when is the question I would pose. Should we change it to make them level, but only when they've actually ticked a couple of boxes? So use black caviar. If she gets a kilo, say she gets two kilo concession against um, Haylist, yep. when should she be at level weights with Haylist? Because she beats him and she's too good for him. So poor old Haylist had to carry more weight than her every time they met at weight for age. I reckon there probably should be two hits, I reckon. Win the first one, win the second one, but then after that you need to be on a, a level playing field. That's only my opinion. Yep. Now, I said this this morning on SEN Track and someone fired a text straight in and said, yeah, that, but hang on, that's because all your best horses have been Colts or Geldings. <laughs> and that was a fair call. But the bottom line is, do you reckon she'd still beat Hayliss with the, with the level weights? I think she would. Yes, as Winks would have beaten them all with the level Absolutely, weights Absolutely, but it's a good, good pub talk, that one. Uh, did Spywire go mad in front? Now, Johnny's horse? Now, I spoke to you about Craig Williams doing figure eights behind, making sure his horse jumped out. Was this a tactic? I don't know. But jo- but how horses get loaded in the barriers are this. One and eight go yep. first. One and eight, two and nine, three and ten, and that's how they work because they're separate away from each other and they're loading them two at once. Now, he was the outside barrier and he was, he was out the back. So you imagine when you're in barrier one and you're in there for about 90 seconds or two minutes, that feels like you're hanging off the Westgate. Seriously. Feels like an eternity. That's why some of those horses, especially Barrier One, can quite often miss the start. Now, now, now you know what I'm going to say here. Spywire, <clears throat> excuse me, was out the back, minding his own business, slowly took his time to come up, was in no rush whatsoever, walked in the gates, 
flew out like an Oakley plater and uh, crossed and led them. Was that a smart, clever tactic by John Allen? Or am I over-reading this and, and, and am I wrong in what I'm saying? But I reckon he knew exactly what he was doing and the instructions were obviously to jump, go forward and good on him. I yeah. mean, had to get out, had to get across. It's just, it ended up going two miles too fast. 100%. I mean, it doesn't matter what horse you are in any of those great, great races. To be a mummify and a lead in a Caulfield Cup or a Might and Power and things like that, you need to be the exceptional horses to be able to jump and lead in those great races because you are just a sitting shot for 15 others that are literally breathing down your neck. Was Lawnrow a champion? Though too many horses get tagged a champion, mixed to the bright side, two Doncasters and beaten a photo in the Cox Plate, I think has claims to be a champion. That's from Rodney. Well, Lonrow didn't win a Cox Plate. No, he... I, he didn't want the Strathair. I would champion. You would? Yeah. 11 group ones. Yeah. Beaman City was one of the best he ever rode. Yeah, I think Mr. Bryce has just got a, a little bit he's more not quite to add road. to his. He's on the trajectory to, but if we to can, if we a can, champion. But, but you know what? You raise a great point. It's a loose thing to say he's a champion, but what is the parameters to yeah. say? Because they're different horses. You don't want to. Is Imperatrice a champion? champion? No, not yet. No, not yet. No. Right. Does she have to win the TJ and beat them all? And, and probably a bit more. It's it's not just you don't just get to collect a few group ones and be, that's my point is I think we we is elevate Winx, them way I'll, too I'm quickly. Throw this at you. Yeah, is yeah, Winx course. a champion yeah, for not going overseas? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh no, her, she still she, is. Yeah, the right four cox plays. I just think the realm of champion sometimes we no doubt push them in a bit too quickly. But that's the media saying that you don't very often well, it's, it's see the a trainer. Best part of it, I reckon. Of course it is. I mean, I remember when Octagonal won the Cox Plate at three, and John Hawks put on his Tom Cruise sunglasses so that people couldn't see the tear in his eye, and he said, "This horse is a bloody champion." And everyone went, "Did John Hawks just say yeah, yeah. a horse actually is the elite level?" And he went off early, but the difference was one, he knows what he's talking about. Number two, he he knew what was under the hood. So uh, that was a little bit different. Tell Hawksy that Richard Thompson ran second to Usain in the 2008 Olympic 100 metres final and Johan Blake came second to Usain Bolt. I care. <laughs> so that's very good. Was that from Bruce McAvoy? <laughs> <laughs> um, Harry Coffey, as I feel like people would know, Harry Coffey is, has cystic fibrosis. Yes. He has overcome so much to build his career. He's in his late 20s and he got his second group one winner when Q-Man won the uh, the Oakley Plate on Saturday. Just, it's brilliant what he's been able to do with his sporting career. Well, he won a Group 1, I think it was in Adelaide, and then he said, post-race, this is my first Group 1 in Victoria because the first one might be a fluke, but the second one, it ain't no fluke. <laughs> and good on him. I texted him as soon as I went across the line. He's um, I got to know him because he's best mates with Joe McNeil, and the, they're yes, very, right. very close. They're from up the same uh, same way, up, up near Echuca Way, and... It was a great feel-good story. The people come from Adelaide, <coughs> excuse me, the Oxleys, they had two runners in an Oakley plate. I mean, it's hard enough to get one runner, yeah. let alone to have two runners in an Oakley plate, and to actually pull it off and take the uh, take the cash and go back over the border with, with um, a jockey that is not famous for winning Group 1s because he's never won a Group 1 in Melbourne before. I, it's just a phenomenal story. And I suppose to, to, to balance it out, there wasn't an Aussie Group 1 winner in the race besides Skew. If she'd won a Group 1 in New Zealand, yep. the new market's probably a race as well that's probably lost a little bit. The Doncaster's not the race it was because of the Queen Elizabeth. So it's not the Oakley Plate's fault. You can only put in your horse to run in the race. You cannot help what your opposition is. It is not Racing Victoria. It's not Melbourne Racing Club. It's not the opposition's fault. You can only beat what's there to be beaten is the line. 
So it was a great, great effort and a great, great result. But some of these, some of these races are going a bit left field and a bit wandering. You know, then raises the question about Group One status and things like that. Yep. People will cringe, but we do have races like uh, the Everest that aren't Group Ones, and there's no doubt the Everest has become the uh, that and the TJ the best two sprint races in the country. Yeah, that's the truth. All right, Wayne, lovely to see you. Thanks for wrapping our racing on a Monday because I won't see you Wednesday. More um, holidays. <laughs> well, you going back to folks? He's going New back Zealand. to Vegas. Oh, he's Vegas. going back to I Vegas, folks. Uh, Wayne Hawks for Westbury Stud, Tarzino, Reliable Man, Redwood, and El Rocker, each providing success in more ways than one at Westbury Stud.